Hello, and welcome to Moving Markets by Julius Baer, a podcast series where our experts discuss the latest market developments and put the headlines in perspective to set you up for the coming day. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Moving Markets podcast. My name is Roman Canziani. I'm an investment writer at Julius Baer in Zurich, and I'm delighted to be joined today by my team member, Helen Freer, who has all the latest on the financial markets over the past hours, and Sophie Altermatt from Macro and Next Generation Research with her thoughts about the latest economic data from China. So let's get started. I'll hand over to you, Helen, for the markets wrap. Please go ahead. Thank you, Roman. Good morning to everybody listening. So let's start in the US. Markets were lifted in the earlier part of the day, helped by solid results from Goldman Sachs, who reported Q2 earnings and revenue that were notably above analyst forecasts. The company benefited particularly from a huge boost in its bond trading unit, but the rally was then reversed. News that Apple is planning to slow hiring and spending growth in some divisions next year in the face of a potential economic downturn soured the mood somewhat. So the three major indices ended the day in the red. The Dow Jones lost 0.7%, while the Nasdaq Composite and the S&P 500 both dropped 0.8%. Just three of the 11 sectors in the S&P posted a positive return. The best performing sector was energy, and the biggest detractors from returns were healthcare and utilities. In Europe, where markets closed before the earnings had come out that led to a reversal in performance in the US, all the major markets closed up yesterday. The Eurostox 50 index rose by 1%. The OMX index was the best performer, rising by 1.4%. In Switzerland, the more defensive SMI gained 0.3% yesterday. In Treasury markets, the US 2 and 10-year yields rose yesterday by 5 and 7 basis points respectively. And in overnight trading, 2-year yields are down 2 basis points to 3.15%, while 10-year yields have fallen 2 basis points to 2.97%. And oil held above US dollars a barrel after recording the biggest one-day gain since May on the back of the outlook for a tight global market. Gazprom has declared a force majeure on several European natural gas buyers. It communicated this in a letter dated the 14th of July. This comes as the Russian gas giant has been steadily increasing its delivery of natural gas to China. The minutes of the Reserve Bank of Australia's July policy meeting were released today. And in them, the central bank said that further steps would need to be taken to normalize monetary conditions over the months ahead, saying that even after hiking rates recently, interest rates are still too low to constrain inflation expectations amid a strong labor market. In the UK, the Conservative Party leadership race is down to four candidates. Rishi Sunak seems almost certain to make the top two in today's vote, with Penny Mordaunt, Liz Truss and Kemi Badenoch vying to join Sunak in the final runoff in the battle to succeed Boris Johnson. We will get earnings today from companies including Novartis, Swedbank, Asa Abloy, Johnson & Johnson and Netflix. And in terms of economic data, UK unemployment figures came out a few minutes ago, showing the three-month unemployment rate to May was steady at 3.8%. And Eurozone inflation data is due out later this morning. In Asia so far today, it's a mixed picture. When I looked a few minutes ago, the Nikkei was up 0.7%. 
while both the Hang Seng and the CSI 300 were down by around 0.8%. And futures in the US were up, but European futures were in the red a few moments ago. With that, I wish you all a great day and I hand back to you, Roman. Thank you very much, Ellen. Next, uh, it's all about China and the challenges the economy faces there as growth uh, seems to falter. We have Sophie on the show to tell us what's going on and what our expectations with regard to the future path of economic growth in China are. So please go ahead, Sophie. Thank you, Roman, and good morning. A bunch of Chinese economic data was published last week. The most prominent one has been China's second quarter GDP growth. So I would like to briefly talk about that and then focus on the challenges that lie ahead and our outlook for the Chinese economy. So first, let's take a look back. In April and May this year, China faced the most severe COVID outbreak since spring 2020. To contain the spreading of the virus, several cities and regions went into full or partial lockdowns, including the cities of Shanghai and Beijing. As a result, in the second quarter, GDP growth slowed sharply to 0.4%, meaning that the economy barely grew in the second quarter. When COVID-related restrictions were lifted in June, this allowed economic activity to rebound following the deep decline in April. Now, looking ahead, we expect the economic recovery to continue, but we expect it to be rather bumpy. Why do we think then? because we believe that the economy is facing multiple challenges in the coming quarters. The main challenges are the following. China's zero COVID strategy, a slow domestic consumption recovery, and ongoing problems in the property sector. So maybe let me elaborate briefly on each of these points. First, on the zero COVID strategy. Renewed COVID outbreaks and related lockdowns are a big risk for the recovery as long as China's strict containment measures remain in place. Further, the zero COVID strategy creates huge uncertainty for businesses and consumers because they don't know whether they will have to go through another lockdown anytime soon. And this uncertainty weighs on the confidence of consumers and businesses and causes economic costs. And then this brings me to the second challenge the consumer. Consumer confidence has suffered particularly strongly because consumers are worried about job security and income prospects and prefer to save rather than consume in such uncertain times. Recently, a survey by the People's Bank of China shows that consumers' intention to save money has increased to the highest in two decades. At the same time, the intention to consume basically never fully recovered after the first COVID shock in 2020. A sustainable recovery of the economy, however, hinges on the recovery of domestic consumption. But this will be very difficult as long as the government's zero COVID strategy remains in place. Then a further challenge are the ongoing problems in the property sector. The downturn in the property sector has started in the middle of last year, and it has since then been a drag on the economy. And it looks like confidence in the property market will take much longer to restore. So this part of the economy will not be able to act as a growth driver in the coming quarters and months either. So with these important pillars of the economy facing challenges, what is left to drive the economy is government stimulus. 
policymakers have increased efforts to stimulate the economy in recent months. And we believe that the government-led investment demand should act as a growth stabilizer in the second half of the year. Now, that said, following the sharp slowdown of the economy in the second quarter, and given the challenges I mentioned before, we believe that it's increasingly difficult or almost impossible for the Chinese government to achieve its growth target of 5.5% in 2022. In fact, following the latest GDP release, we downgraded our own forecast for Chinese GDP growth in 2020 to 3%. And with that, I'd like to close my wrap up on the Chinese economy. Thank you very much, Sophie. Well, with that, we conclude today's episode of the Moving Markets podcast. Thank you very much to our speakers and thank you all for tuning in. We do hope that you'll join us again soon. Goodbye for now. You have been listening to Moving Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you've heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, or our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbear.com. This is a podcast disclaimer. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. The podcast content is intended for information purposes only and does not constitute an offer, a recommendation, or an invitation by or on behalf of Julius Baer to buy or sell any securities, security-based derivatives or other products, or to participate in any particular trading strategy in any jurisdiction. Julius Baer does not accept any liability for any loss arising from the use of the podcast content. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information.